This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. Yeah, IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com forward slash B. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for FlexBlocks. Win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Yeah, make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com slash BE. On today's show, the guys welcome Stacy Dohan Lane with the Youth Coding League. The Youth Coding League is an after-school program for middle school students and junior high school students using Google's CS First curriculum and the Scratch programming language. All of that and more up next on EduTech Guys. Yeah. You're listening to the EduTech Guys, edutechguys.com. Welcome to EduTech Guys. I'm David Henderson. Hey, I'm Jeff Madlock. Yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for checking it out. We've got a great one for you today. Great show. You know, we're always talking about the why, and so kids might ask, why do I need to know coding? Well, guess what? We're going to jump in that today, and it's going to be a pretty awesome show talking about some coding with Google and some Scratch. 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 We can, we can, we can. <laughs> not, so. not that kind of scratch. Although, you know, hey, why not? All right, with the you could probably there. do that with scratch. You scratch with scratch. That's it. That's the key. Hey, listen, you can check us out on the web, uh, www.edutechguys.com. Heck, I say it, uh, I guess it's been like seven years now. Anyway, you go out to Google, <laughs> type in edutechguys, E-D-U, because you put the U. And anyway, edutechguys, um, and you'll find us on all social media, edutechguys, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Do we have a Twitch account? I don't know if we have Twitch or not. Twitch and TikTok. I don't know. Do, do, do we have Twitch and TikTok? I don't think we have either one of those. Well, well, doggone it. Well, I guess we better get on it. Because that's what everybody wants to see. They want to see they you and I doing see. Twitch dances. <laughs> on, on TikTok. Now, I will tell you that uh, if you do watch us dance, it, it there's a lot of twitching. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. We, we will definitely be in the right place. That is... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my, my rheumatoid arthritis will kick in, and I'll be... <laughs> what's he doing there? Is that one... You've seen the Seinfeld episode where Elaine is dancing? It's a lot. <laughs> that's like that. It's a hitch in my giddy-up is what we call it. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, we got a great show for you, and I'll tell you what, we'll be right back after this, and we'll uh, jump into the interview. <laughs> hey, 
Hey, welcome back to the Edge of Tech, guys. We're really excited to have our next guest on yeah. the uh, show. And um, this is, we were just talking, this is our first guest back on the show in like a year and a half. Yeah, so yeah. Um, we saved that very special place for a very special person. Exactly. She's going to talk to us about some really awesome stuff. We're going to let her uh, introduce herself and tell us who she is and what she does and all that kind of good stuff. So here we go. Well, hey, I'm so glad to be here. My name is Stacey Dohan Lane, and I'm the director of the Youth Coding League. We're run by the Codify Foundation on Rural Innovation out of Cape Girardeau, Missouri. That is fantastic. So, uh, talk about I'm going to talk more about Codify and then your role with the Youth Coding League. Yeah, sure. So, um, Codify um, in a kind of rural community in Cape Girardeau. We're right here in the boot heel in Southeast Missouri. And our co-founders looked around a couple of years back um, and kind of realized like, wow, you know, we don't have a co-working space. Um, a lot of the industry here is, is pretty um, traditional. So they built out a, the co-working space, which is Codify, which we've always kind of thought of as the physical hub where it all happens. That's where I am right now. So we're, we're a co-working space. We have been um, since they got this rolling. So after they built Codify, um, they wanted to start working with kind of tech tech companies, get them involved in the community. Um, so they started a um, startup competition called First 50K, where they gave out $50,000 non-dilutive to startups who were willing to relocate to Kate to build their businesses. So as they did that, they kind of realized, oh gosh, all these startup founders, they need software talent, they need developers to help them build out their products, and we don't have that here. And there's some really alarming statistics on the, you know, the huge lack of software developers in our area and in a lot of rural areas. Um, and those software developers, their salaries start so much higher than a lot of other salaries. So having more software developers in your area is really wonderful for the entire area's you know, economic vitality. So they decided to start a um, coding program for adults, kind of like a coding boot camp, but a little more plugged in with the realities of what that was like in a rural community where you don't necessarily have all these tech employee or tech employers lining up up and down the street. So they built Code Labs, and a big part of that is a um, unit with a local tech employer, which kind of acts like a month-long interview to really help um, folks get the skills they need to have a career in software development and then to make sure they were plugged in with the tech companies who need that talent. So as they were doing that, they realized, gosh, there is nothing for kids who want to do this. And it's hard to get adults, um, you know, who have years of maybe bad experiences in the educational system. Um, huge percentage of software developers are, are white males. Um, so getting women and people of color into that industry um, you have to be really intentional about it. So my boss, Chris, had this idea of the Youth Coding League, and he basically wanted to bring this critically important skill set of learning the basics of computer science, learning how to code, to these kids in rural school districts who really need these skills. And these school districts, um, they're under-resourced in, in so many different instances. Um, so we started building out the Youth Coding League, and we launched it in the fall of 2018. So, you know, one of our, our big uh, themes for this year is why. And, that's, and this falls right into that. And I guess two questions here. Uh, one's a why question. Middle school and junior high kids. That, that seems mm -hmm. like a, the middle. You shot right for the middle there and going yeah. for it. So why did you choose uh -huh. those? And can you give us kind of a breakdown um, of mm -hmm. females and males, you know, in mm -hmm. your program and as represented in the software development program community? Okay. 
these are some of my very favorite things to talk about. I will try to be brief. Um, so we decided on fifth through eighth grade because of the middle school cliff. And I have a blog post coming out about this um, next week, actually. Okay. Um, up until middle school, the numbers of boys and girls who are participating in STEM-related disciplines are equitable. Once middle school hits, um, and for lots and lots of reasons, some of them self-selection, but lots of other reasons, girls really start dropping out of these STEM disciplines at a truly alarming rate. And that's why they call it the middle school cliff. That's what it looks like on a chart. I mean, it's horrifying to see it. So we thought if we can get to these young women, you know, before that happens, maybe we could help increase the chance of them hanging with some of these STEM disciplines and with computer science. Um, we backed that up with the curriculum that we opted to use. Um, and then, so yeah, that's why we decided to start in fifth grade with that middle school cliff. Also in a lot of high schools, there's at least something for coding, at least something. Um, but in the middle school and junior high environment, there's often nothing. Um, so that was another, we knew that we, there was a ton of opportunity for impact with that fifth through eighth grade age group. So middle school cliff and not of other, not a lot of other programs really addressing that age group. And then what we're seeing in the industry, um, I think, you know, and of course they update the figures a little bit every year, but it seems to be holding pretty steady 70 to 80% of, you know, the people who are writing the technology that increasingly defines our lives more and more um, are 70 to 80% of them are, are white males. Um, and there's just so such a breadth of experience and diversity that that's not being represented when, you know, you have a minority of women and people of color around those tables working at those workstations. So what we're seeing in the Youth Coding League, you know, we always look at the demographics of the school and then we compare them to the demographics of our Youth Coding League teams because it's really important to us that our YCL teams look like the school communities they're coming from. You know, and, and if we see a trend where we're seeing a group that's not represented at all on a YCL team, it's a great opportunity to just sit down and talk to that school like, hey, what are some barriers that maybe we're not familiar with? How can we help, um, you know, make sure that these numbers really look like your school community as a whole. So I'm really proud that we've got about 50% of our youth coding league are young, are young women. Um, and I'm so excited to see what they build um, now and then into the future. Yeah, that is, uh, and that's phenomenal that you've got roughly 50% women, you know, girls who are interested in this and who have joined the the youth coding league. I'm, I'm very curious, and, and I would imagine other folks are too. So it's a coding league and of course, uh, I am a, you know, older white guy. So when I think of league, I'm like baseball, football. So, so what, what do you mean when you're saying league? You're completely on the right track. So um, one of our Codify co-founders, Chris Carnell, my boss, really wanted this. He wanted these coders to have just as much swagger walking down the hallway of their school as like the starting quarterback or the head cheerleader would have. So that's the experience that we're going for for these kids. We back it up with the prizes they can win in the postseason, like GoPros and drones and laptops and Beats by Dre headphones. We outfit them in Youth Coding League jerseys. You know, a lot of the kids that um, are on our Youth Coding League teams, they're not necessarily your athletes. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of instances, they're these kids who haven't really found their spot in their school community, or maybe they just, you know, haven't had a lot of opportunities to receive positive recognition from their school communities. So the Youth Coding League really gives them a lot of that, um, which I love. Um, of course, it's about making sure these kids have these critically important skills, but there's all these other just really 
I, I think they're just humbling these kind of character development benefits that the kids reap from participation in the youth coding league as well. So yeah, bird's eye view, we want these kids feeling just as valuable and cool um, as these, you know, big time athletes feel in their school community. And we run it like a sports team. So we run it each school semester. Um, right now we're in our fall season um, and we've got a regular season where the kids are really working individually. They're building a skill set um, in computer science. They're learning the basics of computer science. They're learning from these great digestible little videos. And then they're applying those concepts that they're learning on projects that they build out in scratch. Um, and then we go in and we score those projects each week. And we upload the scores live at youthcodingleague.com. So these kids can see how they're doing competitively, both as an individual each week across the league and as a part of a team. And like this team competition can get really fierce, like it's like intense full rivalry. And kids really love it. It really has like a fantasy football or an esports leaderboard feel to it. And then in the, that's the regular season. And then in the postseason, the kids group up and build these projects using some pretty broad parameters. The regular season is pretty structured. The postseason, we like to just see what they can do because I don't know about you guys, but when you set kids loose with this skill set, it's like you're going to be super impressed with what they can do. So we give them that kind of room to fly in the postseason. And then their projects are competitive in a couple of different categories in a virtual bracket style competition that we run at youthcodingleague.com. And then we ship these crazy prizes to the kids who win them for their own personal use and uh, prize days like Christmas here. So that is so, so cool. You know, and it really touches on some of those core values of just humans, of winning and achievement and, you know, pushing forward. So um, kind of circling back here, what made you guys decide, and this is for the curriculum heads and the tech heads out there, those educators that want to know, what made you guys decide upon uh, the Google uh, CS curriculum and Scratch? What, what, what made that, like, this is, the, this is where we're going to go. This is the, the penultimate for yeah. us. Man, I'm glad you asked because when I first got this job, that was one of the first things I sat down to do was this deep dive on all the curricula that were available out there. And CS First just really stood out for me. It's free. It's widely available. Google designed it so that, you know, these, these teachers don't need any coding experience to be able to successfully run it. Um, and then looking at these rural schools where, gosh, we are asking so much of teachers, especially right now. Um, and then, you know, for these teachers to have this intimidation level with this skill set, it just felt so critical that we find a super approachable um, curriculum and CS First was that. I also really appreciated the diversity and inclusion in the scratch projects that the kids build out. You know, you can have all these different characters that a child can see themselves represented in those characters and backgrounds that they're building out in scratch. I also really liked how scalable it was, how it really speaks to the kids who have never touched coding before, but it can scale for the kids who are really grasping these concepts and need an extra challenge. And then we ended up building in our own additional challenges called epics and milestones on top of the CS First okay. curriculum. Mm -hmm. um, so all of those things really appealed to us. Um, someday we would love to get to the point where we can build our own curriculum, you know, and hopefully kind of take what we really enjoy about CS First um, and then add some things that we think we could um, make more streamlined for the educators that we work with as well. Well, that, that was going to be my next question. You've got to be realizing that, okay, we've got middle school and junior high kids. What are they mm -hmm. going to do when they leave that grade level? What? How are we going to prep for that? So it yeah. sounds like you guys are getting into that area at this point. I can't wait. 
to get into high school. Um, we've just been just kind of ideating around it, but I mean, being able to like follow these kids through high school and then, you know, we've got our adult program code labs. So really for us, high school is that bridge mm-hmm. that, that will bridge that gap of what we have with the youth coding league now and what we have with code labs now. Um, I, I can't wait. So one of the things that uh, you brought up was uh, you, you mentioned educators and and working with those educators and and like you said a lot of educators when you you know you mentioned the word coding or <laughs> scratch and they're like I have no idea I don't you know I, I'm curious what the reception has been from some of those educators especially mm-hmm. the ones who may have been reluctant at first but through the the student participation and maybe their own participation in the Youth Coding League that they've kind of flipped a switch and, and now you've got maybe some rock star educators who are, you know, super hyped about it. Oh, and that, that's that's exactly what's happened. You know, we've, we've had some, you know, school leaders who get really excited about the Youth Coding League and um, in some instances, maybe they kind of volunteer a teacher that they'll be working <laughs> That's, that's how we do things in education. That's right, volunteer. That's yeah. right. Someone <laughs> Got volunteered, which we totally understand. Um, but we kind of take, and when I say we, I mean myself and my teammate Liza. She's our youth coding league coordinator, and she works one on one with all of our um, educators who serve as coaches. Um, and Liza has an elementary ed degree. Um, we have just taken it as kind of a starting point, a foundational value for this program mm-hmm. that we need to empower and support these teachers. Like, period, end of story. Um, our, our model is built on working with teachers in their school communities to have teams in their schools. If they don't feel good about it, it's not going to have any continuity or sustainability at that school. Mm-hmm. Um, I used this to brag and say, I can take any teacher, any tech skill level and make them a successful youth coding league coach. And I had somebody call my bluff one season and it was a great learning experience for both of us. Um, and she's one day she called me up and she said, Hey, so I'm looking for these forms you told me to find, but I don't know what Google drive is. I was like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do this together. (laughs) I'm going to rephrase how I've been pitching this because I really think we can take any teacher with a base level of tech savviness and make them an empowered, successful youth code. code. So I'm, I'm amazed too at like the kind of coaches that we end up with. It's not always who you would think. Like, I think a lot of schools, the instinct is to say, oh, here's our computer teacher. Here's our business teacher. Um, we have youth coding league coaches who are librarians and art teachers and basketball coaches who are some of our most enthusiastic coaches. Mm-hmm. So even our voluntold coaches, they get into this program, they see the impact it's having on the kids. We take it. I, I don't care why you're here. If your principal is making you do this, I appreciate you being here. And it's our job to make sure that our coaches feel supported and empowered. I hope that answered your question. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. So I, I am curious, though, um, you you officially launched this in 2018. Um, you've, mm-hmm. you've, you've already got a, a, a domain registered name specifically for this. Do you see this mm-hmm. growing beyond the borders of Missouri slash Cape Girardeau? Or do you do you do you want to keep it kind of, you know, to yourselves. I, I don't mean that negatively. I mean that very positively, but 
No, I mean, our plan is definitely world domination. So <laughs> <laughs> that, That's really what I'm asking. <laughs> that's a peak in the brain yeah. thing there. It's a great idea. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, our goal is to bring this to as many kids as we can uh-huh. to make sure that they have access to this skill set in this fun, engaging way that we have seen be really successful for some other schools. So we are in Missouri. We're also in West Kentucky. We're in Illinois. We're in Tennessee. Kansas, Vermont, and we're hoping for um, some more roster additions and other um, states for the spring as well. Mm, wow. Yeah. With, our, awesome. with our, our, our our mutual friend, Matt, that could actually move its way into Arkansas, hopefully pretty soon. In that I way. know. Right? I can't believe we don't have a single school in Arkansas to talk about right now. I would love to get down south yeah. um, a little bit. Um, and Matt has been at the East Initiative, has been so generous about connecting me with folks just like yourself, you know, who have similar missions and areas of alignment. Um, so I can share a little bit more about our program. Awesome. So let's talk about this real quick. So if, um, folks are listening right now and they want to find out more and they want to try to bring this into their school and jump the whole process and just go straight to the boss or one of the bosses, um, Mm -hmm. what would they need to do? How would, how would this educator listening to this podcast get in touch with you guys? Yeah, they can go check out usecodingleague.com and see how our fall season's going. We've got some great information there. My email address is all over that as well. It's Stacy, S-P-A-C-Y, at youthcodingleague.com. And I I live and breathe this program. I'm so proud of it. I love it so much. I will basically talk about this as long as people will listen. So I love it when people email me or call and, and want to talk more about the Youth Coding League. Well, Stacy, we're really, really thankful for you coming on the show. This is uh, this means a lot to us, and it's going to mean a lot to our listeners. This oh, is yeah. right up the alley of what we're looking at. This is education that continues during a pandemic or anything. This is the, this is creating jobs for kids. You know, even in high school, this don't tell people that, but this right. is what this does. This creates jobs for those middle school and those junior high kids. I mean, coding's coding, and it's going to be something really <laughs> huge. Um, uh, Thanks, Maine, for coming on the show. And uh, we can't wait to meet you in person. Maybe you're going to come down to the East Initiative, uh, you know, the, the the big conference this year, because maybe we'll be yes, in person. Matt has invited me. I really hope to be able to make it. And um, really, this was such a pleasure. Thank you all so much for extending the invitation. Awesome. Thank you. Hey, yeah, it's been a great show. Hey, don't forget, you can always find us on the web. Just go out to Google, type in EduTechGuys, E-D-U-T-E-C-H-G-U-Y-S, and you can find us there staring back at you with uh, all kinds of good stuff, right? I mean, um, we're the EduTechGuys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. You know, hey, don't forget, we're actually getting ready to, in the spring, head back on the road. Hopefully, we should be at some conferences near you. And if you have a conference you'd like us to attend, reach out to us. Just go to contact at edutechguys.com and send us an email. Um, Otherwise, you'll probably see us on the road somewhere near you pretty soon. That's right. Just on the road. Just out there in the middle. Yeah. Two guys with a microphone and a table. (laughs) That's what we usually do. We just actually, you'll just find us. We're usually laying on our stomachs, kind of in the uh, the teen girl pose, you know, with our hands on our heads, with a microphone side, laying on the side of the road. <laughs> oh, we've got to make that picture. Anyway, we digress. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I'm Jeff Madlock. I'm David Henderson. And we'll catch you next time. been listening to the edutech guys edutechguys.com <laughs> <laughs>
There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out My Flex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com forward slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com forward slash BE. Do you want to save time on prep work? Increase achievement for all student populations? Reliably meet tier one standards? You, you can, can do, do it, it all, all but, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.